The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All we can be sure of is this. Zach Berry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. I love a good train wreck. Hey, hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as always, Grayson Weir. You cannot tell from the raspy, sultry tones here. A little under the weather, but we're fighting through it. We're uh, really getting blue collar with it, Grayson. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, Zach. I'm well. Tiger Woods arrived in Augusta today. He's going to scout out the course. See if he can maybe give it a go. He has until Friday to decide if he can play next week. But it seems like Tiger Woods is going to be doing everything in his power to be playing the Masters next week. And that has me on an unbelievable high that will surely come crashing down when he walks nine holes later this week, realizes that he probably can't do it and pulls out on Thursday. But until that point comes, I'm riding the Tiger Woods high. It's a beautiful day here in Nashville. We got to get that weather update in off the jump. So couldn't be better. Really great time of year. We got obviously final four this weekend, national championship next week. And then we turn our focus all the way back to football. I mean, sure we have the NBA and the NHL and all that, but once college basketball finishes up, we can turn our focus to, well, I guess we got to turn our focus to the diamond though. This past weekend against Tennessee was Certainly disheartening, but we can turn our focus to baseball and then back to football. So it's a wonderful time of year, beautiful day outside, and and Tiger Woods may be playing in the Masters, which pretty unreal. Yeah, might need to uh, I need to potentially scope out some uh, some practice round passes. Yeah, the tickets that... are going to skyrocket if he. <clears throat> yeah, playing. might see if that's uh, might see if that's worth squeeze there. Um, yeah, great home two suites in Augusta as well. Can't uh, can't say uh, can't say enough nice things about Hilton and the home two there in Augusta. <laughs> um, all right, but we are here to talk recruiting. Um, I, look, it, it's still news, as silly as it is. Um, I've seen several people write about it already. Uh, Arch Manning has a Twitter account now. Um, and already verified, which, I mean, probably has a lot of people fuming. Um, currently sitting at, let me refresh. Oh, there we go. Added more. 5,770 followers. Uh, kind of going through the, the people that I know. We've got several 
2023 prospects. Got a 2025 one. Uh, Bryson Sanders follows him. He's a uh, offensive lineman from Chattanooga. Goes to Baylor School. He's actually uh, here's a real time podcast update for you. He's releasing his top four later this this afternoon. I expect Ole Miss to be in the mix. Um, have more on him later. Um, let's see. We've got uh, got a lot of Ole Miss staffers in here. Uh, Jake Ruse from Dogs HQ is on here. Shout out to Jake. Um, got some on three folk. Jack Terry, Joseph Hastings. Yeah. You're on here. Grayson's on here. Of course I am. Got on three uh, founder, CEO, Shannon Terry's on here. Jeremy Johnson, Chef Jeremy. Luke Stampini. Yeah, we got a good mix in here. Sam Spiegelman, Jerry Hamilton, Byrne from Letterman Road, Jeremy Crabtree. Yeah, it's a who's who. Um, that was just the followers that I know. So if we just go to the followers list, I don't know if you're taking a gander at it, but some of the uh, – obviously we've got Kirby Smart, We've got uh, the official Georgia football account, Steve Sarkeesian. Um, anybody that jumps out to you? I'm trying to find somebody that's just well, the, random. The, the whole Georgia staff follows him. The whole Texas staff follows him. Uh, all the guys that I, I follow and know at the Ole Miss recruiting side of things follow him. All the, all the standard guys are in the mix here for Arch's followers list. Um, the question here, obviously, it is news, but is it really news? Um, a guy, like a recruit joining Twitter, the fact that he's verified is nice because there's been so many fakes out there. A part of me thinks that maybe he just made this so that there aren't these fakes popping up over the course of the next couple of months, um, reporting stupid things about visits here right. and there. I would love nothing more for Arch's entire timeline to just be those tweets of seven people followed me today. Yeah, that would be so funny. Or one person unfollowed me. Yeah. That'd be really funny. That, that's that's the only thing he tweets is just that stuff. Um, but I mean, the, the, the thing here with this, if we're going to make a deal of it, um, there's kind of two ways to look at it. The first is, or three ways, really. The first is he made this so that other people don't make fake accounts for him and he's never going to post. Uh, the other way that Texas fans, of course, are choosing to look at it, he made a Twitter account after his visit to Texas. Those things must coincide, right? They must have something <laughs> to do with one another. If That's he's right. making a Twitter account after visiting Austin, then he's, he's definitely going to be committing on Twitter. He's, yeah, he's going to Texas. Commit now. Yeah, he's going to commit. Yeah, because that math totally adds up. Right. And then the third way to look at it is um, maybe that NIL deal that everyone would use context clues to hypothesize would be Nico at Tennessee. Perhaps the deal was actually Arch Manning, and maybe we're going to get some some Frank's Red Hots tweets and some yeah. uh, Caesars tweets coming here in the next little bit as part of an NIL deal. Um, it could also his, just be his NIL. His NIL valuation did go up two thousand. It did, yeah. It, because Twitter, Twitter is not really a super valuable platform in terms of uh, NIL these days. The the real money. Yeah. Only a one. Only a one percent jump. Uh, now that his Twitter has been added to his on three NIL valuation. So it only yeah. went up 20 bucks. So the per post value is around $3,000. Now you compare that to Instagram where it's 5.1. So you obviously see the discrepancy there, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he just finally figured it was time. If he's going to be making a decision at some point. Yep. Maybe it's a way for him to communicate with other guys in his class. Um, you know, maybe he doesn't have their phone number, so he has Twitter so they can DM and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah along knows? those lines, 
Uh, right after Arch created his Twitter account, Ruben Owens, he's a four-star running back, on-three consensus four-star, uh, the number two running back in the nation, likely going to stay in state and play for the Longhorns. Uh, A&M's also in the mix. Georgia's in the mix. USC's in the mix. A couple other schools in the mix. But likely going to stay with Texas. Uh, right after Arch created his Twitter, Ruben Owens tagged him on Twitter saying, my guy got a Twitter at Arch Manning eyeball emojis and posted a video um, in a random backyard. I could not figure out what it was, but there's some kind of like palm trees going on. So perhaps it's in New Orleans, but then you have to wonder why Ruben Owens was hanging out with Arch Manning in New Orleans when he's a running back in Texas. Um, a lot of context clues, a lot of pieces of the puzzle that could be put together here. Perhaps it was down in Austin while he was on a visit over the weekend, throwing in one of the coaches' backyards. But the video shows Arch just like casually throwing the ball in the backyard, which is obviously you know, not a big deal because people do that all day, every day. But the interesting part of it is that uh, he's throwing darts with just both hands. So Arch is just casually slinging the pill with like lefty, righty, lefty, righty, throwing darts. I mean, like five, 10 foot darts, but still, uh, you know, maybe, maybe my big brain idea here is that Arch Manning is going to be the first dual handed college quarterback. And this was his way of, uh, you know, making that announcement. I don't know. Who knows? There's so many different stupid speculation to be made here with Arch joining Twitter, but I would venture to guess that his feed will be pretty quiet until he makes his commitment. And then once he gets to campus, he might start tweeting some NIL stuff. I think for now, it's just a placeholder to make sure that other people aren't going in there and being creepy old men trying to impersonate a 18 year old college kid, but who the heck knows? Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to tell. I just watched the video of where it is. And yeah, right. You got to be careful with palm tree uh recognition because you can put those anywhere. Um, and they had some palm trees scattered around Baton Rouge when I was there. I true trying who are you trying to trying to fool there, Baton Rouge? Come on now. No palm I trees just, in Baton Rouge. I just Googled palm trees in Austin, Texas. And, <laughs> and there are, in fact, palm trees in Austin, Texas, or at least the greater Austin area. I see one. You can get one here for a couple grand from Lawn Starter. Um, so it is a thing. So perhaps that video was taken at a coach's house or maybe an Airbnb where all the recruits were hanging out over the winter or over the weekend. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's definitely something to keep an eye on now that he is on Twitter, who he follows, if he follows anyone, but his Instagram is still private. Um, still has, you know, 1800 followers rather than, I mean, almost exactly that amount on Twitter and or almost five times, six times that amount on Twitter. So Arch is keeping his Instagram still very locked down uh you know Knox Kiffin follows him Lane Kiffin follows him Jackson Dart follows him on Instagram but uh, who knows you know maybe maybe that means that a a commitment is coming soon I don't think so I think it's just a placeholder but it's something to talk about during a a slower time of year for sure arch madness as people are calling it So, all right, we're gonna take our first. We're gonna take our first break. Enough uh, Twitter speculation. What a a teenager is thinking. Who does that, right? Um, but we'll be back after the break. Talk some more quarterbacks. We're gonna talk about Jaden Rashad. He had a big weekend in Dallas at the uh, Battle Seven on Seven event. So hang tight. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor/outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. 
Barnyard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all that more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. The show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. Show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoysia fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. And we are back here on Not Committed. Zach Berry, Grayson, we're with you. All right, Grayson. Jane Rashada, we talked about him last week. We're going to hear about him, hear more about him, I should say, uh, in the second segment of the show. Didn't even tease it at the top. We do have Charles Power joining the show on Three's Director of Scouting. Um, We'll be here to talk all of Ole Miss's quarterback targets, break them down, give his analysis and uh, talk about who he thinks Ole Miss is in the best shape for the 2023 class. So um, we will hear from Charles in the second segment. So hang around, stay uh, stay here for that. Lots of good stuff there from someone that is handling out everything, all the rankings, all the scouting, all that good stuff. So uh, you won't have to listen to me, my terrible voice right now. Um, oh, also disclaimer, it was recorded at the end of last week. I don't think there's anything in there. Time, uh, you know, I don't think I mentioned anything about the NCAA tournament or anything that'll be dated. But if I do, that is why. But before we get to Charles, Grayson, I know you wanted to talk about Rashada. Big weekend in Dallas, battle seven on seven MVP, played with the Miami Immortals team. They lit it up. Um, and then he had some things to say about Ole Miss. But what did you, uh, what did you like about what, Mr. Rashada did over the weekend? Well, we talked a lot about Rashada last week, so I won't dive into, you know, the fact that he can put on about 20 pounds of muscle and that he has a great arm and effortless motion and all that stuff. Um, But I will say that for a seven-on-seven competition, it is very rare for the quarterback to be the star. Seven on seven is a very difficult platform, format, format. Let's go format. Seven on seven is a very difficult format for a quarterback to stand out because there are no, there is no pass rush. There is no, you don't have to be forced out of the pocket. You don't really have to be, do anything super uncomfortable. It's kind of just like you're throwing to your guy in practice but obviously there's that competition element to it and there is a defensive back on the other side of your receivers but it's very difficult for a quarterback to stand out as the star of a seven 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 on seven competition it is it's just very difficult for that to happen so for Rashada to do that and to be the MVP of a seven on seven tournament tournament um is a very big deal. And he went in there and really just balled out. If, if the listeners want to, to see what I'm talking about, you can just do a quick Twitter search um, and see some of his throws from the weekend. They're ridiculous. I mean, his first throw of the day, 
again, seven on seven, very difficult for a quarterback to stand out. I cannot stress that enough. You have a four second clock to like limit your options. So you got to make a quick decision, pull the trigger. There's a lot of interceptions that are typically thrown, not Rashada. He stepped in first throw of the day through a deep touchdown to his guy, Robbie Washington, um, who I believe just committed to one of the Florida schools. I want to say Miami. Um, yeah, but Miami. At, yeah. So Robbie Washington committed to Miami, really good wide receiver. Rashada first throw of the day stepped in there and just dropped a dime in a bucket to him. Robbie didn't really have to even make any adjustments. He didn't really have to do much to the defensive back. He just ran his route and Rashada put the ball on the money. And that was the first throw of the day from there. I mean, he just diced these defenses uh, for those who aren't familiar with the seven on seven format. You basically set up at a specific yard line and then kind of move forward almost as if it's a red zone, um, almost as if it's a red zone practice, like you would run in practice without the linebackers, without either of the offensive or defensive lines. Um, And so Rashada would find guys over the middle for very short routes, um, very effectively get the ball in front of his receivers, lead his receivers to where they need to be. um, And then just kind of picked apart, these defensive backs who, again, on the other side of the ball, were very talented defenders to be invited to this camp, to be competing in this camp. Um, The battle seven on seven um, in Dallas, you have to be at the top of your class or at least near the top of your class. And so these defensive backs are no joke. And Rashada was just picking them apart. I mean, he didn't even give these defensive backs a chance to jump routes. He didn't even give him a chance to make plays on the ball. He put the ball where only his pass catchers could make a play on it um, and just was lights out from start to finish all weekend, um, even beyond just the, the short, quick accuracy. Uh, he opened up his arm and, and really let some deep balls go um, and let his, his much quicker wide receivers kind of blow by these defensive backs and then Rashada just nailed them. So again, we talked about it last week. Ole Miss is the current leader according to on threes recruiting prediction machine um, that could change. That may not really mean anything. There was that 50% prediction last week. Again, could change, might not mean anything, but the more and more I watch of Rashada, the more Twitter clips I see, the more huddle highlights I'm sitting down and watching. I'm really excited about the idea of Rashada getting into Ole Miss. He's already 6'4", 6'5", ish, um, 185. You get him up to 6'4", 6'5", ish, 205, maybe even 215. If you can really, you know, get him on the the whey protein and, and the weight racks. Um, he's going to be very, very, very good on the collegiate level. And for Ole Miss to bring him in as the understudy to a Jackson dart for a year or two would be very valuable for him to then blossom into just a really, really good West coast guy. Um, the third West coast guy potentially in order to, move from California to Mississippi and just ball out in the SEC. Um, He's a top 60 player in the country, but after originally thinking that he might want to commit like most quarterbacks do prior to his senior season, um, he came out and said recently that he's kind of opened things back up as taking a step, taking a step back um, and is not in a big rush to commit. He's going to take his time. He's going to find the right chance for him, find the right opportunity for him and commit when he is ready, whether that be before the fall season, it's still a very realistic possibility for him to choose to do so. Um, But I think more than likely Rashada might draw this out to the early signing period. And as of right now, Ole Miss is in a very good spot as they are with the other quarterbacks we have talked about. And um, you'll hear about on this third segment, um, but Ole Miss is in good standing with a lot of these guys because why wouldn't you want to come play for Lane Kiffin 
And Rashada really stood out over the weekend down there in Dallas and continues to rise up everybody's recruiting boards. Um, and that's surely the case there in Oxford where Rashada continues to put on these impressive performances and likely continues to see his name move up further and further on the Ole Miss recruiting board. Yeah, Ole Miss <clears throat> continues to lead on three's recruiting prediction machine right now. Um, for me, I would say Miami is probably the biggest competition for Rashada. Definitely. Um, the relationship that he built with Mario Cristobal when he was at Oregon. Now he's at Miami. He's mentioned how much he likes the thought or the idea of playing and going to college in the South. I think uh, Miami and Ole Miss are definitely ahead of everyone else right now. Um, he talked with Sam Spiegelman about Lane Kiffin, Charlie Weiss, John David Baker, how they've all been recruiting him extremely hard. He likes the staff. And I think that for Ole Miss, they're just trying to work on getting him back on campus to uh, kind of solidify their lead and uh, try to get a commitment before his uh, senior season begins. So um, definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, head on over to Ole Miss Spirit, part of on3.com. Um, we've got a post on his weekend in Dallas, what he did well. We've got some video of some of the throws he made. And then uh, Sam Spiegelman, on3 national recruiting analyst, gives his analysis and uh, has some good quotes in there from Rashada over the weekend. So check that out. Um, and then also be sure to check out the Recruiting Daily thread. We'll have updates throughout the day, um, each and every day. So make sure to stay locked in at Ole Miss Spirit, part of on3.com. So uh, with that, we're going to take our final break. On the other side, uh, you will hear from one Charles Power, um, probably 25 to 30 minutes with the Director of Scouting and Rankings at On3. Tons and tons and tons of analysis and uh, in-depth breakdown of each and every Ole Miss target. Um, we talked about the four big ones, Arch Manning, Jaden Rashada, Chris Vizina, Marcel Reed. Uh, Charles gives his thoughts on each one. And um, then at the end, uh, put his feet to the fire, put him on the spot, and ask which one he thinks Ole Miss is a good shot at. So um, I think uh, you'll really enjoy that interview. So uh, we'll hear from the sponsors, and then on the other side, we'll talk with Charles. So, again, thanks to Grayson. Thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in and for the sponsors. Um, and, uh, again, thank you for uh, putting up with me and my terrible voice today. Um, hopefully it'll be better by Thursday. But, again, like, subscribe, leave a review for the podcast. Um, that helps us continue to improve the product. Um, but, Grayson, we'll, uh, we'll talk again on Thursday, my man. Appreciate you. I will see you then. And we are now joined by Charles Power, on three's director of scouting and rankings, here to talk all things 2023 quarterbacks, and then uh, maybe a little bonus content of uh, one Jackson Dart at the end. Charles, thanks for joining, man. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. All right, so before we get into specifics and, and talk about the actual Ole Miss targets in this class, I, I do – have to ask just because I find it to be incredibly difficult, but in a class like this, it's so deep and has so many different types of quarterbacks and they're all talented. How in the world do you go about differentiating between all of them and deciding who's number one, who's number four and so on and so yeah. forth? I mean, like right now it's, it's, it's pretty tough. I mean, I, I actually have had the opportunity to see a lot of these guys in person. So that, that definitely helps. Um, you know, I saw a bunch of them really last summer going into the season. Um, so, so that helped a little bit, uh, maybe um, as opposed to a normal year. I, mean, I saw Arch, um, Nico Yamalavea, uh, Vizina, uh, Chris Vizina, um, you know, probably, Eli Holstein, um, Dylan Lonergan. So maybe about half of the, um, you know, maybe top 10 I, I've seen in person. Um, so so that, that definitely helped. And, you know, just going through their senior year or their, their junior years um, and just kind of trying to take in as many factors as possible. Um, 
so that's kind of the process. And then, you know, I think projecting forward, you know, there's still a lot of meat, meat on the bone left in, in terms of, you know, the senior year, I think is probably the most important like data point in a quarterback's evaluation. So um, it, you know, I think right now it's our rankings are really kind of like, like a current, I would look at it as kind of a current pecking order, um, but certainly subject to change. It almost always does. Um, even if it doesn't change necessarily at the top, I mean, you know, like there's always a lot of movement with that. I mean, with like last cycle, um, our number one quarterback changed the last, the last ranking. So, um, you know, I think that the senior year and kind of seeing those guys like right before they're going to college and, you know, they're a little, usually a little more developed by then. So that that's usually what we lean on, but, um, you know, right now it's basically based off in-person evals and, and, and really diving into their junior years. So starting at the top here, Arch Manning, number one overall player in the country, number one quarterback in the country. Um, you know, Ole Miss is kind of on the peripheral right now. They're probably running a distant third or fourth, in my opinion. Um, you can kind of take your pick out of the three, Alabama, Texas, Georgia, who's number one. Um, kind of seems like it's like a flavor of the week type thing with who he's visited last and what the most recent buzz is. But mm-hmm. Ole Miss is still going to be involved in some shape or fashion. But in terms of him as a quarterback, you said you saw him in person. What do you mm-hmm. think? makes him the number one overall player in the country and what sets him apart from the rest of the talented guys in this class. Yeah. Well, first off, when, when you see him in person, I don't, I don't think a lot of people have the same reaction to me is like, you don't, you don't really realize he's that big. He was last summer when I saw him, you know, he was six, three and a half, six, four, you know, like two fifteen. like he's filled out and, and developed. Um, but all those guys I saw, he was the, the most, um, you know, like, like the furthest along, probably the most polished. Uh, he was really, really good in like going through drills at the camp I saw him at. Um, you know, I think, I think that maybe his differentiating factor right now is just his, his release and his, like the ball comes out as, as fast as, you know, probably any top quarterback we, we've seen over the last couple of years. I mean, it's, if it's not the fastest, it's certainly among the fastest, but I think you can maybe argue it, it probably is the fastest um, that, that I've seen uh, in, in a couple cycles. So, um, you know, I, that's, those are probably the two starting points um, in just his overall polish. And then you kind of watch him play uh, and he just makes a lot of translatable plays, um, you know, inside and outside of structure. He moves around really well. Um, I think, uh, you know, he makes a lot of, you know, creative plays um, when, when things break down. So, uh, you know, combining that with just like his, his passing skill set, um, you know, are, are probably kind of what separates him among the group. Now I will say like several of these top quarterbacks are kind of skill set, like, you know, evaluation skill set projections right now. Like, I mean, Arch definitely has room to, you know, Im- improve as a high school player. Like, he's not putting up crazy numbers at, uh, at Newman. And some of that maybe is like surrounding talent and just kind of like, they, they play like a, not a super high tempo. Um, it's not really like a situation that where he's going to be throwing for like 4,000 yards. It's just not how, like the, the setup is um so but but I, I think that just you know his his polish well-rounded skill set um you know and, and just how quick the ball comes out is probably what what sets him apart right now moving on down the list not too far uh the fifth ranked quarterback in the 2023 class Chris Vizina you mentioned you had you've seen him in person as well um the 6'3 194 pounder out of Birmingham Ole Miss is in the mix there. I still think Clemson probably has the lead as of now. Georgia's in the mix. Tennessee, Alabama's kind of uh, hard to say Alabama's on the outside looking in, but if, if, and when they offer, they'll be in the mix as well. But um, he's a guy that's created a lot of buzz this, uh, this early spring heading into the summer. Um, What did you like about him when you saw him in person? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty high on Chris Vizina. Um, Yeah, I think we have him. I think he's, right around number 20 overall in the country. Um, you know, I, he, he's a little, he's a guy who kind of popped on the scene a little later than some of these others. I mean, several of these other top quarterbacks we kind of knew about coming out of their sophomore year. Um, Vizina is, is, is kind of his rise really started, I would say late in the fall. Um, he's, he's a little later in his development than some of these other guys. Um, you know, he's, 
he's a full year. He's actually 365 days younger than, than Arch Manning. So, um, you know, he's a little younger than some of these other oh, top wow. quarterbacks. He's probably maybe like a year and a half younger than Malachi Nelson. Um, so, wow. so uh, you know, he's only really been playing quarterback, I think, for maybe two or three years, too. So he's a guy who's has really kind of like a rapid ascent. And I think just, you know, in my experience doing this, um, those types of prospects, and we'll, and we'll talk about like Jackson Dart's a great example. We can talk about him, him later, but those types of quarterbacks that uh, you kind of see that, that upward trajectory towards, you know, the end of their high school career tends to be a pretty good sign. Um, you know, I, th- I think with Vizina, the, the, the thing about him, like kind of his, um, you know, trait attribute that, that really separates him among the group is, is his movement skills. I think um, among the top quarterbacks, you, I think you could argue his, his functional movement um, within the, the context of a game is, is as good as anybody's, um, you know, um, among that group. I think his pocket presence is, you could argue the best. Uh, he has really good play speed. I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's a play on his, on his senior or his, sorry, his junior video where he, you know, houses it against maybe the one of the top, the fastest teams in the Southeast clay Chalkville and Alabama state championship team that has a ton of track guys in their secondary. And he, you know, outran them. Um, and, and, and then you kind of sort of dig into him as a passer. I think he's getting better there. Uh, strong arm in the camp setting. There's, I mean, there's really not a lot to, to dislike with, with, with Vizina. And I, I think that's part of the reason why, you know, his, his upward trajectory is part of the reason why he, he's probably in terms of like the offers and just how many teams are recruiting him, probably the hottest quarterback in the country um, over the past couple months. So, um, his recruitment is going to be really interesting to see how it unfolds because there's, there, there's a lot of teams involved and some of it, you know, might be like hinging on like a domino effect a little bit. So uh, I, I'm very interested in him, um, not only as a prospect, but just his, his recruitment as well. But he's a guy who I think is, you know, the arrows pointing up on his stock for sure. And I'm, I would, you know, at this rate, I would consider, I would think he's going to have like a really good senior season too. So, and plays, plays really good competition um, you know, in a pretty high class in, in Alabama. So um, there's there's a lot to like about Vizina. Next on the list of, of Ole Miss targets got in the news uh, earlier this week, or I guess last week. Um, Chad Simmons put in a prediction for him to um, end up at Ole Miss. Now, only at 50% confidence level, but I, I'd like to think that the director of recruiting has a pretty good idea of where things stand right now. And mm-hmm. Ole Miss got the nod from Chad Simmons, choosing them as a potential destination, uh, a landing spot for um, Jaden Rashada. And, um, I, I, you know, kind of a convoluted way to get to his senior season. Played at Liberty High School up in Bakersfield and then was going to go to IMG went back to California when they played in the spring and then played in the fall as well at Pittsburgh. Um, I think there's a lot to like here with his game. Uh, the frame is not filled out yet, but six, four really spins it. Well, I was watching some film and, and as a amateur scout here, I, I got a lot of DTR vibes from his, his game, just mm-hmm. really effortless delivery and uh, moved around pretty well in and out of the pocket. But um, Ole Miss really likes him. Obviously, the staff is high on him. He's been to campus a couple times. They're hoping to get him back there. What do you like about Rashada's game? Yeah, I, I think with with Rashada, you kind of have to start with like the arm talent. I, I think that's you know he's he's a guy who is a you know pretty effortless thrower of the football. Um, you know he's got he's got big hands and he can just kind of he can just kind of rip it downfield. And I think when you look at when you look at Ole Miss's offense um, and, and kind of you know the the just the spread ISO kind of scheme that that Lane Kiffin's running now. I, I think Rashad is a good fit for that just as like a downfield passer, um, you know, pretty simplified reads and, and he can really just kind of sit back there and let it rip on those like, you know, deep passing series that that Kiffin runs. Um, so I think he would be a great fit in, in almost a scheme. Uh, if you kind of like, look, I think it's a, it's a strength meet, meet strength um, scenario there if he were to end up in, in Oxford. Um, but yeah, I, you know, really like the way he throws the ball. I think the biggest thing with Rashada is just, you know, how efficient is he, how, how accurate is he and, and things like that. But I think if you were to put him in Ole Miss's offense, 
you know, maybe that would kind of, um, you know, quell some of the questions. I, th I think it, like in that scheme, he could really thrive. So I think that would be a, a great match for him if, if that's kind of how it works out. Um, you know, just and, and moving forward with him too, just kind of, you know, seeing him play more in the context, um, you know, of, of, you know, actual Friday night football games. Like he was always like really until like last, really until last fall, he really was kind of a guy who was more well-known as like a camper seven on seven type, um, you know, in California, they kind of had a weird uh, spring, shortened spring season. I mean, what was his sophomore year? Like you said, he kind of bounced around a little bit. So, um, you know, now that he's, you know, at the same high school for multiple years, we can maybe see him kind of progress within the high school offense, but uh, you know, the arm talent's definitely there. And like I said, I think he'd be a, be a good fit in Ole Miss's uh, offense. So last one here out of the, in, in my opinion, Ole Miss's top four targets at this point. Um, a guy that kind of like Vizina has started to buck his head a little bit on the uh, camp circuit and out in seven on seven. Uh, Marcel Reed, quarterback out of Nashville at NBA. Um, Ole Miss really likes him. Um, he's starting to get some buzz around. Georgia, Florida, Tennessee is going to be involved because he's from Tennessee, but um, staff really likes him. Um, he's taking some visits down to Oxford. And you, you kind of mentioned with Arch, you know, doesn't put up a ton of eye-popping numbers. And I think that Reed's, I guess the buzz around him has suffered a little bit because of that, because his offense at NBA is not really wide open and it's not catered to, you know, putting up big numbers for a quarterback, but a guy that, has really impressed. Um, I talked to Jeremy Johnson. Um, he saw him at the pylon event and said that he really jumped off the, uh, you know, the proverbial film to him with seeing him in person and then seeing him, you know, in some cutups of how he threw the football. But um, what do you think about Marcel? Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's been on the radar for, for a couple of years. Um, you had, had a really good sophomore year at, at, at uh, Montgomery Bell and, yeah, I think probably took a little bit of a dip as a junior. Um, like, like you said, I mean, he wasn't, you know, definitely want to see like more production. I think he only you know, had 12 touchdowns and eight picks. Um, you know, but I, I think with him, you know, uh, has, has upside as an athlete, you know, pr pretty good rusher at, at, at times. Um, you know, he's a good basketball player. He's a good shooter. I think seeing jump shooters, uh, quarterbacks who have jump shots is, is a typically a good sign and just in terms of depth, depth perception, doing work on like the NFL draft, you kind of notice that as a trend a little bit. So, um, you know, that's a positive. His, his, his dad was the former head coach at, at Tennessee state actually. Um, you know, so he kind of has that going for him as well. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing with Marcel Reed is there's, there's definitely some physical ability there. He's a guy who's going to need to continue like filling out a little slender uh, frame but um, I'm interested to see just like see him in like the camp setting and, and kind of how he's progressed, like technically um, in, in, in that context a little bit, like, and we'll, we'll see him over the next couple months. Um, I'm sure on, on the, on the camp circuit, just to get a better take on kind of where he is, but, you know, among those other three, he's probably a little behind them in, in terms of just kind of what he's done on the field, just like the on-field resume. Um, it had probably is a little further to go physically in terms of just like, filling out and continuing to progress. He had some, he had some technical stuff. I thought he could improve, um, you know, just watching his, all of his camp stuff, you know, going into last season. So I'm, I'm interested to see kind of, you know, how he's progressed and how he looks over the next couple months. All right. Last thing before we hit the break, you mentioned the word domino earlier, and that's mm -hmm. been something that's been thrown around because I think it's a, it's a great buzzword for this class and, it's kind of interesting in how almost all the top rated prospects are kind of all tied in it some way or another. But if you had to pick the next domino in the 2023 class at quarterback to fall, who do you think it is? Oh, that's a great question. Um, one guy that's like independent of the others. And I don't know if he's on an accelerated timeline. I don't think he is, is, is Dante Moore. If it wasn't Dante Moore, I would almost say, you know, Arch, Arch Manning, I think, you know, he kind of maybe holds the keys a little bit to, um, you know, Alabama, to, uh, Georgia, uh, Texas, obviously is in the mix. And like you said, Ole, Ole Miss is, is, is in there as well. So it, it seems kind of like 
you might not see a lot happen until until Arch decides. Now, if he draws it out and keeps going, maybe you could see like a Eli Holstein just go ahead and commit to Alabama, or um, you know, Eli Holstein he re recently decommitted from AM. or you can maybe see like Vizina do something, um, and, and and then Dante Moore, who's kind of got like I think Michigan and Notre Dame are the two main schools there. So it's really interesting. I mean, I think I would lean towards in terms of I would lean towards Arch in terms of just having the widest range effect. Um, but I could see a scenario where any of those guys that kind of get the green light to commit jump on it. It's, it's pretty fascinating, this cycle with so many, um, especially this late. Like there have been cycles, like I think there was, you know, two, like um, the, the, the 2021 cycle, there was a ton of those guys committed like their sophomore year. Like the dominoes took place when they were like rising juniors. Um, so I think it's a little – it's fun for us, like kind of in the recruiting media, recruiting fans to kind of see this play out a little later than maybe it has the last couple of years. So, and, and to see so many top quarterbacks recruited by the same school. So um, this is one of the more entertaining and kind of intriguing quarterback domino cycles um, recently. So I'm interested to see how it plays out, but I would guess, I would guess Arch and that's not with no inside Intel on when he's going to pop, but I would, I just kind of think he's the, um, you know, he's kind of the, the, the first one to really create like a massive chain, chain reaction. I think after he commits, if the, uh, those guys, if any of those other guys aren't committed, I think we'll see it start to pop off pretty quick. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back from here from the sponsors, we'll have more with Charles power. And we'll talk a little bit about who uh, the potential 2023 signee will follow. Uh, if and when they arrive in Oxford, and we'll talk some Jackson Dart. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options, and they're monitoring 24-7, 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. 
elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tacova store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. And we are back here on Not Committed, talking with Charles Power, on three's director of scouting and rankings. All right, Charles, we talked about it a little bit before we got going, but let's get into it here. Jackson Dart. <laughs> it was a it was a winding road to uh to get to Oxford with uh the flurry of visits and tweets and more tweets and Instagrams, but he is now in Oxford in spring practice, getting ready to compete with Luke Altmeyer for the starting quarterback job for the right to replace Matt Corral. Um, you had a chance to watch him, evaluate him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, everybody knows that he's uber talented. Everybody saw him as a true freshman flash for USC now that he's at Ole Miss, what do you think makes Jackson Dart a potential superstar in Lane Kiffin's offense? Yeah, um, you know, Jackson Dart, we were – I was really high on him coming out, um, you know, in uh, in the 2021 cycle. He, I think of any top quarterback, he, he, finished, he finished number six for us, um, and that's after Quinn Ewers reclassified. So he was a five-star, um, you know, top ten prospect. And I think that was a good bit higher than he was anywhere else. Um, you know, I, I think of, of quarterbacks recently, his like rankings rise over his senior year is the hot, is like the, the most drastic of anybody, you know, in the last or several cycles since I've been doing this. Um, he went from a guy who, you know, probably was going to end up at like probably BYU at best. Um, and I, I, I don't even think I'm not even sure he would have had like a BYU offer. He had like, you know, some some FCS type interest when uh, in, he was at a I think he was at Roy High School in, in the Salt Lake City area. He transferred to Corner Canyon, which has really become a quarterback factory um, for a senior year. Corner Canyon you know, had Zach Wilson, who was a number two pick for the Jets. Um, Dart came in uh, and then last year they had Devin Brown who was our, our number one player in the country who ended up signing with Ohio state and Zach Wilson's brother is actually going to be the next is the next starting quarterback there. So they have a pretty good run uh, of, of top quarterbacks, but dart came in and just was unbelievable with senior year. Like I think putting him in that offense really kind of showcased what he could do. Um, you know, I, his senior season, I go through all these stats when we're doing this and, you know, kind of have a spreadsheet with, you know, senior season, quarterback stats for these top draft picks and top ranked recruits really going back for a while. And his senior year was, is as good as you'll see, like, like from a production standpoint, early among anybody, man, he was, he threw for almost 4,700 yards, 67 touchdowns, four interceptions. I think he had like maybe 13 yards in attempt, which is probably the most I've seen from a top quarterback maybe ever. And then on top of that, he ran, he ran for almost 1200 yards and 12 touchdowns. So this is a guy who was running that offense as good as you could possibly run it. Um, you know, they, I think they stomped almost everybody they played and won a state championship. Um, and the, I think, you know, what impressed me was just, you know, just his feel as a passer, how slow the game moved for him. Um, it just looked natural. 
Uh, and, and then you kind of see, you know, some stuff like some videos of him working out. You realize, okay, like this is not just like a system QB thing. Like this guy's like very talented. Um, he has a background. I think he's an all-state baseball player. Um, you know, he has, has, a, has a pretty intriguing background. His dad, I believe, was a safety at, at Utah um, and maybe like the early 2000s, like late 90s, early 2000s, I want to say. Um, so he kind of has that athletic pedigree as well. So, um, you know, I was really excited about him, you know, the more and more we evaluated him. And he was, you know, in, in doing those initial rankings, he was like just a, a, a hair behind Caleb Williams, you know, as our top quarterback in the class. So, uh, yeah, and then you know, I, I watched a good bit of USC last year just to really kind of see what he looked like, especially the games he played. And, um, you know, obviously USC was kind of in a, in a weird situation, especially after Clay Hilton got fired. Um, you know, he was kind of thrown in some odd times. He had his first start against Washington State, which was really fantastic. I think you could probably argue that was maybe USC's best game of the year. Uh, and, and then he got hurt in, in that game and came back. And I like you said, I mean, I thought – I thought he flashed and kind of showed his ability. So um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does, what he does at Ole Miss. I mean, obviously he's got to, he's got to nail down the starting job first, but um, you know, I think he, he provides a lot of upside with that offense. And, you know, in, in terms of going into the portal, like, you know, he's outside of Caleb Williams, like I mean, him and Caleb Williams to me are the, the portal prizes at, at quarterback and, you know, this, this cycle. So um I'm, yeah, I think that was, that's a huge gift for Ole Miss. And, you know, I think he gives them a great chance to kind of keep it, keep it rolling um, with, with, with Lane Kiffin. So I'm, I'm really excited to see kind of how that, how that pans out. Yeah. You touched on it there. I think a lot of people forget just how effective of a runner he is because in that offense with Graham Harrell and kind of his, his own version of the air raid with some pro style concepts in there, it's not, a Mike Leach true air raid, but has a lot of the same concepts, but he wasn't asked to run a ton when he was yeah. with the Trojans, but obviously Kiffin kind of has a way of letting his quarterbacks kind of make plays when they think they can make plays. And Charlie Weiss Jr. is there now. They have that familiarity when they were at FAU together, but um, you know, we saw Matt Corral use his legs a ton, you know, ran 30 times in a game against Tennessee mm -hmm. Um, Kiffin probably would prefer him not to run it as much, but darts bigger than Corral. But as yeah. someone that didn't really get to showcase that, I mean, you've seen him play and you evaluated him. How underrated is he as a runner? Yeah, he he's not. I don't think he's. I don't think he's necessarily a guy who's gonna you know blow by defenses, but um, he was very efficient in, in that role in high school. You know, I think he averaged you know, like over nine yards a carry, you know, uh, I, like I said, 1200 yards, 12 touchdowns. Um, I, I think, you know, do you ideally want Jackson Dart to run the ball 30 times a game? Definitely not. But he definitely, he, he presents a, a genuine run threat um, in, in short yardage and, and, and can do it. I mean, he's, he's a pretty like, I don't know if y'all like if y'all have kind of got to see him like in person yet, but I mean he has a pretty like thick build. Like I think he can take contact, um, and 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 do that, or at least at least kind of keep defenses honest in, in that regard. Um, so you know, it, I think on like you know there's some design runs, some short yardage stuff in the goal line, um, and kind of getting outside the pocket. His, his mobility, I think, is is well above average. So. Um, yeah, I think I think we'll definitely see that side of his game a good bit more at, at Ole Miss, just kind of based off what we saw with with Matt Corral, too, and and, and, what, and what he showed in high school. So, um, like you said, like that that should be pretty pretty interesting to see how that plays out. Last thing here, um, just kind of looking at the big picture, um, both in the twenty twenty three class and with Dart and Ole Miss. Um, first off, who do you think? Ole Miss has the best shot at signing in this class. Hard to go against Chad Simmons. I'd probably go with Rashada um, right now. And I, th I think, you know, I, I, I think Rashada, I think Ole Miss would be a, would be like, like in addition to, you know, kind of the, the scheme fit that I touched on earlier, I think Ole Miss would be a good fit for Rashada, you know, coming in behind, you know, Jackson Dart, Luke Altmyer if either of those guys win the job, they're presumably going to have, you know, a, another year, another year after 
this season. So that would not really necessarily press Rashad and actually he could sit back and um, kind of learn the offense and get, uh, you know, uh, assimilated to the, the college game in practice. Uh, so I think that would be an ideal situation for him developmentally. Uh, so I w- I'll go, I'll go with Rashad and I, I think that would, would be a good fit. All right. Quick lightning round here with Dart presumably taking over for Corral at Ole Miss and with uh, what I think a, a pretty cushy first half of the season. Uh, give me a uh, win total here for Ole Miss over under eight and a half. Let me pull up their schedule real quick. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I'll put you on the spot here. I should have given you some prep. No, you're, no, you're, you're, you're good. <laughs> I mean, looking at the first half of the schedule, I feel like they're going to be – that's a, probably a pretty good number, um, you know, re- regardless. Uh, man, I, I, I would say – I could see eight or nine. I think I think that's a, gr- I think that's a great number. Um, oh, man, that's tough. I mean, I'd, <laughs> I, 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 I'd say eight or nine with the to- – I'd say eight or nine with the toss-up. I mean – you know, the, the egg bowl, uh, at the end of the year is always interesting. That's, that seems like a game to me where you kind of just throw the records out and anything like literally anything could happen. Um, uh, I mean, at Arkansas is, is an interesting one as well. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, I, I could see, I could see nine, I could see nine for sure. I don't think, I don't think nine's a stretch. Um, you know, I also too, like, think like, several of these other transfers and other positions we haven't talked about are going to be really interesting. I mean, obviously Zach Evans is, is electric and yeah, you know, I, I think that schedule, obviously I think that's the way the schedule lays out is, is pretty favorable because not only I think having it, having it uh, backloaded is, is favorable to, you know, getting all these transfers kind of on the same page. Like you, I don't know if you want to be playing Alabama and like in week two, ideally, uh, with with kind of how Ole Miss's roster is constructed, so I think that's really ideal. I mean, if they're you know all those guys kind of get on the same page and they start and they hit their stride really in that kind of SEC gauntlet, um, you know, in October November, um, that'd be pretty favorable. So I mean, I I would probably lean over eight and a half. Looking at this more, um, okay. you know, you kind of have some. You know, Auburn's a little in flux. Uh, LSU, it's kind of a transition year with Brian Kelly. Um, A&M will be very interesting to kind of see how that quarterback deal shakes out. They had that super talented freshman class, but they, you know, lost a lot of kind of experience in the draft. So um, I would lean, yeah, I would lean towards, I would lean towards over eight and a half looking at this closer. Yeah, I mean, you brought up a great point as we close here and we could have another entire podcast about this, but I think that the Zach Evans pickup is key because as Dart is going to get, you know, assimilated in the offense and is going to get used to running everything. He kind of has a nice runway to get under, you know, get his legs under him and get, get going with that first half of the season. And then, Oh, by the way, you have a a fellow five-star in the backfield to help you, uh, (laughs) with the run game so not a ton of pressure on dart when you bring in a guy like him and then you got michael trigg coming in at tight end so yeah it's gonna be uh it's gonna be quite the the fun offense to see uh in 2022 so um but that's gonna do it here on not committed thanks to charles for joining um thanks to you the listener as always and thanks to our sponsors for making it possible again i do want to remind you like subscribe and leave a review It'll always help us to improve, bring you that product each and every week. We'll be back later this week with another episode as we continue to recap junior day and react to spring practice and keep up with the comings and goings of the 2023 cycle. So for Charles, for Grayson, I'm Zach. This has been Not Committed. Thanks again. We out. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.